This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's get your reaction, Adam, from watching these guys, specifically Jabari Smith and Tari Eason, the guys that we've seen play NBA basketball before. What did you think about those guys in Summer League in their debut this year? Yeah, so I, I don't think Summer League is all that important when it comes to the rookies because they're basically just getting their feet wet. And they're, this is a whole new ballgame for them. You know, they're they're trying to figure this thing out on the fly. They've been part of the organization for two weeks. So you're asking these guys who have been in the organization for two weeks now to play a, a, a they're trying to learn a bunch of different teams. Like this is this is very difficult for rookies. The second year guys are the guys that really matter, especially when you have two second year guys who played big minutes as a rookie. And they aren't they aren't normal second year guys. One of them was the third pick in the draft. The other was the 17th pick in the draft. Um, Jabari Smith started his entire rookie season. Um, I believe he was second team all rookie last year. So that's the type of guy who should come into summer league and just dominate it. He should be without question, the best player on the floor. And for the first half, he wasn't for the first half. He looked like a rookie. He looked like just one of these other guys that's on the floor in Scoot Henderson is the headliner. Amon Thompson was the headliner. But then you have just a bunch of other guys. You have the Jay Huffs of the world. You have some of these other guys. And Jabari Smith in the first half, he just looked like one of the other guys. Um, one of six, four points. Just he did not look good. And it's to me, all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I should be seeing like improvement here. And I'm not seeing anything. Uh, and then the second half was a completely different story. And he completely took over the game in the second half. He was by far the best player on the floor. So he goes um, one of six for four points in the first half. Uh, the second half, he was seven of 12 and he scored 29. I mean, 29 points on 12 shots. Again, it's summer league. Level of competition isn't great. But you want the third pick in the draft from last year who played his entire rookie season, you want him to be the best player on the floor. And that's exactly what he was. He was um, he asserted himself. He made himself the guy in this game. Um, he operated from different parts of the floor and then he hit a game winner. Um, so it was it was he rebounded the basketball. I didn't think he was great defensively. But again, it's it's summer league. You're not exactly playing within you know, a defensive scheme or anything like that. Um, I, I just thought it was a really impressive um, 
second half for him. And you hope that it's something that he can build on. With Eason, it just felt like Eason did more of what we saw all of last season where he was a disruptor. Um, you know, he, he just made plays. And the one thing that, because you're always looking to see, okay, where is this guy better than he was a season ago? And I think with Eason, you saw maybe just a little bit more explosive. I don't know if you if it was something that you noticed, but he had that one poster dunk. I, I think it was in the second half. Yeah. Um, and that's where you're like, okay, he, he got stronger. Like he worked on his legs. And one of the, one of the areas that he struggled in last year was just his, uh, he struggled finishing at the rim. Well, if you're all of a sudden just going to be able to throw down dunks like that, then the finishing at the rim is going to be there for you. So um, I think all in all for the two guys that mattered the most in this environment, Jabari Smith, Jr. And Tari Eason, I think the Rockets saw exactly what they wanted to see. And I think it bodes well for them moving forward as we move into their second NBA seasons. Yeah, Adam, the point that you mentioned about Tari, I noticed that as well. And, and even I would even go to his first jump shot. The the first points that I think the Rockets scored of the game was a pull-up jump shot from Tari Eason. And even in that, he looked like just a more comfortable player. It's hard to really describe because you're really just talking about a really simple pull up Jay, but I thought just watching, I was like, man, you know what? He, he looks like a lot more comfortable and confident. And I think he's still going to be somebody that you're going to have to reel in because he goes, he plays at only one speed. The one thing about Taurus and I think is the positive, it's the good and the bad that you have to take with him is that he only knows one speed. It's full go with that guy. And I admire it. I think it's a, it's a more of a positive than a negative. Uh, certainly, but I would agree with your overall assessment that that was pretty consistent and on brand with the Tar Eason that we had come to know as a rookie. So that part was really encouraging. On Jabari Smith, this is really the tale of two halves for me. Really interesting. And I, I just want to throw it back to you on him because the first half, like you mentioned, it looked really bad. Like I, I was prepared at that point when, when, once we reached halftime of this game. Adam, I was prepared at that point to be like, hey, man, I'm looking at the number three overall pick from last year and the number three overall pick from this year. And one thing is not like the other. Like, Scoot Henderson immediately stood out. Scoot Henderson was immediately making plays. I feel like he hit his first four shots, if I'm not mistaken. And then the two shots that he missed after that looked pretty good. He just missed them. So, and, and he looked like the number three overall pick throughout the game. And it was Jabari for a little bit that I was like, man, this is concerning. Like, Cam Whitmore, and we'll, we'll get to these guys in a minute, but Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore look fine and all of that. And, we'll, and sure, whatever. But like you said, the guys that matter most in the beginning, I'm like, Jabari looks, Jabari looks just like a dude out there. He doesn't look like anything. And then, like you said, it, it turns around in the third quarter in the second half. What, what was it to you? Because like even – even with Jabari Smith, okay, the his free throw, he missed his first two free throws. They're ugly too. And I'm like, what is madnesses? Adam, what what is going on there? Because his his form is we've talked about this before too. His form is perfect. I don't know if I'd change anything about his mechanics. I'm really confused about his shot. Whenever he misses, I'm like, man, that looked good to me. Misses his first couple free throws. He looks nervous. He had a drive early in the first half where it was kind of clumsy and 
he gets blocked or it just he doesn't finish well. And I'm like, man, what what's going on with this kid? And then he turns it on in the in the third quarter in the second half, and you see what the numbers are. Explain it to me, Adam. What changed for this kid? What do you, what was it? I, I don't know. I, I think that's that's the hard part with not being there. Um, if we were there, that's like the first question. It's okay, you kind of look not great the first half. Obviously, it changed after that. So what was what do you because what I think might be different. It, he might say something totally, totally the opposite. So I, I don't know what it was. Um, I do think it's a little bit harder maybe for bigs um, in a summer league environment, just because it, it's such a, it's going to be a very guard heavy oriented game. It's just the way that these games are played. So the guards are always going to have an advantage because, you know, they're going to try and get to the rim as much as possible. Whereas, you know, the bigs, they kind of need somebody to get them involved. We've, we just saw this with uh, Victor Wimbanyama. But my, my point is that he's a center and he struggled in his first summer league game. And that's just going to happen. I think that's just more of a big thing than anything else where the bigs are going to struggle in this sort of an, of an, an environment. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know what was different for him. I, I don't know if it was just a mentality change. I, I kind of feel like that's maybe all it was, was just a mentality change where he just kind of realized that this game is there for me. I can take this game over. There's nobody on the floor who is better than me. Right. And I think that that's, I think that's a really important step. Um, and, and I think it does bode well for the future because he should have that, that, that should be his mentality whenever he steps out on the floor. And you would hope that you, you want every NBA player to really feel that way. And they all have that sort of an arrogance to them. That's why they're in the NBA. And there are very few people on the face of the earth who are better basketball players than them, but you want them to have that sort of confidence that, Hey, nobody's better than me. So I can assert myself in this game and nobody's going to be able to stop me. And uh, I think he was able to do that. And you look at the shot chart. um, He was hitting shots from every area on the floor. He was at the rim, from the mid range, from behind the three point line. And and that's where I think that he can be a tremendous player in this league. Uh, He's still not, you know, he's, I I don't know if you, he didn't seem a whole lot stronger to me. I'm sure he is, but the body looks pretty similar to to the way that it looked. Um, when we last saw him in April, so yeah. uh, I, 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 before I, I not to cut you off and let you finish, I was going to mention this yeah. that the only thing physically that looked different about Jabari Smith is that he added a tattoo yes. to either his, I think his left arm. He added a tattoo. That's the only thing that looks different. He looks the same size. I'm concerned about that because if there's anything that we can all agree about his game or about his whole just everything about him in terms of basketball that needed to improve. It was that he needed to grow into that body. It needed to get stronger. And that's just something that has to happen sooner rather than later, hopefully, but it has to happen. I know he's young, but it has to happen for sure. And and the only thing that looked different about his body was that he added the tattoo. I told him I could help him gain weight. Like I'm, I, I know, I, I know how to do it. And uh, I told him if he needed help just to, to ask me, but he, he hasn't so far. We'll see what happens. But, uh, so I think because of that, the finishing isn't great. And, and I do think that it's going to be harder for him to finish in traffic, at least right now. But he does have the ability to beat you from the other two areas of the floor. And you can't block his shot from the mid-range. And I think that was something that he learned at one point last year. He had a it was the first, it was the Cleveland game at Toyota Center where he had a mid-range shot, basically a mid-range fadeaway from the elbow over um Evan Mobley. 
And it's kind of like, well, if you can get that shot up over Evan Mobley, then you can get that shot up over everybody. So I think that he understands that that shot is always there for him. And he's going to be able to make it, I think, at a pretty good clip just because of how good of a shooter he actually is. So, like, if, if you have that shot, that then you're you're going to always be a threat, basically, from whenever you're on the floor. The three-point shooting, you know, it was, you know, hit or miss with him last season. It got better as the season went along. Um but that's something that he can do. So all in all, I do think that it's a positive step because again, this is the first time that we've seen him play in a game in three months. And so you just want to see him be better. And, you know, this is, this is summer league competition. So it's not the best competition. It's not the best gauge of what he'll be next season, but it does show that maybe, maybe, you know, from just like a physical standpoint, he hasn't changed a ton, but maybe from just like an overall skill level, maybe from, from a mentality level, that's where he has made the most strides from year one to year two. Jabari Smith Jr. Again, 33 points, seven rebounds. He did the 33 points on eight of 18 from the field, three of eight from three point from the three point line. And then 14 of 17 from the free throw line. And let's see, what else do we have here? I said seven rebounds, two assists, and a block. On Jabari, before we move on, what's a fair expectation for Jabari Smith going into year two? Like, I mean, we can just be honest about it, and we have been, I think, on this podcast, and most people have. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to try to pull a straw man out of here like anybody hasn't been honest about Jabari Smith's struggles last year. But, I mean, 30.7% from field goal, from 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 the from the three point line. So he's a he was a just under 31% from from three. We were expecting more than that. Just under 41% uh, uh from the field. We expecting more than that. Player efficiency rating 11.2. Probably expecting more than that. We were expecting more things from his game to translate Jabari Smith Jr. as a rookie than they did. Obviously, we're talking about this game specifically against the Blazers, the first game of the of the Summer League, and he was excellent. We don't want to read too much in the Summer League. We get it. But just let's just speak generally on Jabari real quick before we move on. What's a fair and reasonable expectation for him? And we mentioned second team all-rookie, pretty good. Probably a much better second half to the season than it was to the first half. But going into year two, in a year when the Rockets want to be serious, they've added veterans. They need him to be good, certainly to be much better than he was as a rookie. What's the fair expectation for him going going into year two? Um, I don't know. That's a good question because, like, we could sit here and put like uh like accounting stats expectation, and I don't think that would necessarily be fair. Um, I, and I don't think that that's, I think that that's hard to put that on a player. Um, uh, this is, this is the biggest cop-out answer ever, but you just want to see improvement. Like that's really, yeah. and, and I don't, I don't know where, where though that, and that's cool. I, I, I want us to have nuanced yeah. conversations. I don't want us to, 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 to just dumb it down and try to just have straight up hot takes, but, but I, I'm with you there. It, improvement where like obviously the shooting is it the shooting the awareness the physicality like I'm trying not to be too critical of this Adam but uh, here's where I'm at 
I just need to see improvement almost everywhere. Even in the spots where I thought he was going to be strong at him. Like, I just need to see it everywhere. And this was a good sign. This is a good step. This 33 in his first summer league game. But I need to see overall improvement from the guy. What do you think? That that's a hundred percent. Like when you are going from year one to year two, you should improve everywhere because there is not one part of your game when you're that young that you're a finished product in. So yeah, there should be improvement in every level of his game. Now, I think that he needs to be more efficient as a scorer. Um, does that mean he goes from a 31% three-point shooter to a 35% three-point shooter? I, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how if that's efficient enough. I don't know. You know, I think that's it. That I think that's hard to say. I, I don't know if that's something that you can do. You know, I I think that it you should expect improvement, but I don't know just from like a, a stat line standpoint what that improvement looks like. So I just want I, I just need to see him be more efficient. Um, I need to look and see really quick um, because the free throws today. Yeah, impressive. That, impressive. That's not something. And listen, it's summer league refs. They're, they aren't NBA referees. But to take 17 of them, and I think he missed his first two, so he finished yeah. up the game 14 of 15 from, yeah. from the line. Um, he only attempted two and a half free throws last year. Now, I'm guessing, I'm just, you know, this is a guess. I'm assuming he's not going to take 17 free throws every single game. But if you can improve significantly on two and a half, that's going to help your efficiency right there. Like if you can just get to get to four free throws a game, I don't think that's a. I think going from two and a half to four on paper it looks big, but I don't think it should be that difficult for somebody of that size who has the ability to get up his shot whenever he wants. I don't think that's asking too much to go from two and a half free throws to four a game. And if he's going to make eighty percent of them, he was seventy eight point six last year. If he's going to make eighty percent or somewhere near that number, that's a big improvement on on the efficiency right there. Yeah. Um, he was a good rebounder last year. He can certainly get better. Um, he can probably be a little bit better defending the rim. I don't know. And we still need to see kind of what they're going to do from a scheme standpoint. Uh, today, it looked like they were pretty much switching one through four, at least early in the game. Uh, and then they kind of kept the five man, you know, drop back. Um, but I do need to see better defense just overall. Um he was not a good defender last year. I think that was the one skill that you were really banking with him that he was going to be great at. He needs to be better in that department. And I think part of that is just getting used to the NBA. So I think you said it perfectly. You just need to see improvement across the board. I don't think that it's necessarily a stat line improvement. I think that there are certain numbers that should be able to improve just naturally, just in in just kind of linear development. But, you know, you could go from, what was he last year? He was 12.8 points a game. You can go from 12.8 to 16. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting better. You know what I mean? It, it could be just more of, well, you know, he he averaged three more points a game, but he also took four more shots. So that's not, you know, that's not really getting better in, in that same point. It's just getting up more shots. So I think that there are some clear areas, the free throw shooting being one, defense being the other, and just the efficiency. I think those are the three areas that you really need to see him get better at. Um, but I don't know if there's like a stat line that I want to see. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to necessarily reduce it to stats. I think it's, it's more of how do you feel about this player when you watch them play? And I think, and you, especially as somebody that covered every game and I I watched every game, some of them twice, unfortunately, 
and why did I do that? I don't know, but like felt a lot better about him later on in the season about how he was playing later on in the season. But even still that, that even is on a curve. Cause it's like, well, you were starting from the struggle bus. Like it, it, it didn't look great early on. There were some flashes there. He had that, they had that game against Milwaukee where he guarded Giannis really well. And that was early on in the season, relatively early on in the season. And there were flashes, but the consistency was never really there. You always like the the work ethic and the attitude, but you're like, man, Scott needs to be a little bit more assertive. He needs to be a little bit more efficient. And it just, and the things that at the very least you think he's supposed to, to do well and they're supposed to translate early on, the defense, the knockdown shooting, some open shots, okay? He was one of the few people, like the Rockets didn't take a lot of good shots last year, okay? They, they took a lot of, or maybe a better way of trying to say it is they took a lot of bad shots last year, I thought. But Jabari Smith, I thought, took a lot of good shots, and he would just miss them. You know, and it was just so disappointing because you're like, oh, man, feels like he should be making that shot, especially as the number three overall pick. So so for me, just consistency, overall improvement, a big thing with Jabari, maybe this goes without saying, just based off of watching him, looking at him physically. I already mentioned that the only thing different physically was the tattoo on his arm. Dude's got to muscle up, you know, like I'm, I, I uh, just, from my perspective, there was like a thought and we've had this discussion too, I think on the podcast, could he be your small ball five at some point? Could he play some five defensively? Be, could he be your rim protector eventually? Not looking like that. Not, not if, if the body hasn't developed yet. And maybe it's just still a, a, a situation about being young. That's fine. But Hey man, the the game winner, you know, big moment for him. Like let let's let's not. Maybe I should have even led with that. Forgive me for being twenty three minutes in. I know you mentioned it for being twenty three minutes in and not even mentioning the game winner. The kid has a, a disposition about him and an attitude about him. I feel like that is positive and lends itself toward making the improvements that we're talking about. So I feel like the fans that are listening to this podcast should at the very least with Jabari Smith specifically should feel really good that, or about the idea of him continuing to approve his game and shots like the one that you saw on Friday night and the one that you saw, who was it against during the season when they had the old school court out there where he hit, hit that game winner, New Orleans, New Orleans shots like the game against New Orleans, that that is in him, that is in Jabari Smith. And you just hope that you see it on a more consistent basis. This this is an is an example, I should say, an example of what's in there. It it is, and um, the one thing that you hear would hear about him, even going back to summer league practice last year, was just his competitiveness. And I think that is that was probably one of the skill. I don't know. If, I, I I guess I consider competitiveness a skill because if you don't have it, you're not going to be the same player. Then you know it's it's, it's, it's certainly an attribute skill. Or, it's or an attribute for sure. I think it's incredibly important to have guys who are competitive. And I think that's one of the things that really stood out uh, about him. Um, but it, it's, I think we've talked about this before, but there was always the assumption that his skills would easily translate just because it's shooting and it's defense and, Oh, Hey, that, you know, it's, yeah, I it, thought so. but, but I, I do, I think we kind of discounted that it's harder in the NBA. Like yeah. um, the three point line, it, it's further away. Um, you are facing guys who are much bigger. 
And so the closeouts are going to be totally different. You know, you're playing against better, you know, I, I guarantee I'd have to look, but I would imagine that he got a whole lot more clean looks in at Auburn than he did last year. And just like the level of defense and just the level of attention that he was getting was totally different. And, you know, even, even on the shots that were contested, you know, he was probably taking contested threes at Auburn over guys who were like six foot five. Now in the NBA, you're trying to get up contested shots over guys who are six foot 10. That's, that's, it's very, very different. Um, So just the level of physicality, the number of games that you have to play, you know, at, at Auburn, you're playing twice a week. You know, you're playing one game during the week. You are playing one game uh, on the weekend, and that's it. And you know, you it dep- kind of depending on how deep you go into your conference tournament. You know, you 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 will probably only play back to backs once. That's just the conference tournament. That's it. The NBA, you go from you know, so you're going from playing two games a week to playing sometimes four games a week, or five games in eight days. Like it's a grind. It's a really hard transition. And I don't think that people necessarily understand. And, and I don't think that we kind of give it enough credit for just how difficult the transition can be. And in college, you're playing 30 games. I mean, you're playing 30 in the, in the NBA, you're playing 30 games. You're at game 30 in December, you know, in, in college, you're playing, you know, in, you're playing 30 games going from November until March. So it's just, it's just a much harder schedule in the NBA. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's difficult. And I don't think, I think that it probably needs to be appreciated just how difficult that transition can be. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No doubt about it. So Jabari Smith was their best player. I think we can agree on that. Hit the game winner, had 33 points. Monster second half, especially the third quarter, and obviously the game winner, as we mentioned. But I would say... Feel free, feel free to disagree with this, but I would say that Tari Eason was arguably their most consistent player throughout the night. 20 points, 10 rebounds. The 20 came on 7 of 14 shooting, so 50% from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 of 6 from the free throw line. I mentioned the, the jump shot to open the game. He had a couple of punches. Um, just... I thought he was really very much on brand for the Tari Eason that we had come accustomed to throughout the season and maybe even a little bit better. Like, I don't know if a little bit more polish is the right word, but I don't know. Maybe it's the, the, the year of season, the, the one season of seasoning on his game that makes him look a little bit better to me. Maybe that's it. But I thought Tari Eason was, basically the player that we know him to be. And really I view him as we talked about this before as well. I view him as a Udoka guy, very much a Udoka guy in terms of someone who's going to get after it, do the little things, be willing to score, be willing to pass, be willing to, and he's not a great passer, but just be willing to do everything, all the little things, get down on the ground and get after loose balls and just, just be that tone setter. Maybe that's the best way to put it. 
he feels like he sets the tone of what you want your identity as a team to be, even if he's not necessarily your most skilled player. What do you think of Tari tonight? I, I thought he was a guy who looked just to be experienced. And I, I think that we've talked about all these young guys. Eason's 22, and he's got two college seasons, two major college seasons under his belt, plus an NBA season under his belt. So he should be like, this should be easy for him just because of the level of competition that he's been playing at now for the last three years, playing at Cincinnati as a freshman uh, in the American and then at LSU um, his sophomore year and then playing a full 82 game NBA season. So I I think that um, he was this level of competition for him is probably easy compared to what he's had. So I, I think that he looked exactly how he should have looked and he I think you said it right. He's he's not going to be your best player, but he is going to complement your best players perfectly, and that's what he did today. So I think that whether the best, whether he's playing, whether the best teammate that he's got is Jabari Smith or whether it's Fred Van Vliet, he is going to complement that best teammate uh, in just a perfect way. That's what he did today. Um, I don't know. He, he he's the one guy who I don't really think we need to see in summer league. I I, I kind of think that it's it was fine for them to have Jabari Smith out there because um, it was not an easy freshman season for him last year. Um, it was a little bit different for Eason. I don't know if Eason gets a whole lot of, out of these games, but you'll take it anyways. And you see production and you see him winning and you see him contribute to winning. And that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys contribute to winning at this point because there hasn't been a whole lot of winning uh, the last couple of years. And so if you can kind of get that winning type of mentality, then I think that that helps you uh, moving forward in the future. And I think that today was a really good start to that. Again, I'm really interested to see how much he actually plays him and Jabari Smith. I'm interested to see how much they play the rest of summer league moving forward because you look Rockets only played nine guys today. And one of those guys played seven minutes and I'm pretty sure Darius days would have played if he were healthy. And I imagine we'll see him at some point on the floor, but you know, Portland played 13 guys. The Rockets played nine kind of a very interesting little, you know, parallel. Yeah, for sure. On Tari and Jabbar, before we move on to the rookies, am I crazy for like in my mind, the combination of those two guys, Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason. And I know Jabari is mostly a four, can maybe play some small ball five, especially if he gets stronger. And it's still an open question, I think, at this point on how much he, you know, how much he can contribute to you on the perimeter. I think he's mostly a four. We probably can agree on that. But between the two of them, they were a large part of the reason why I didn't feel like they necessarily needed Dylan Brooks. And I'm not saying that either one of them is as good as Dylan Brooks. I don't think that that's the case. Dylan Brooks is an an experienced player and all defensive, you know, all NBA defensive type. I'll give him credit for that, but I'm looking at Tari and I'm like, man, I feel like with a couple of years with some development and he's got to figure some things out defensively. Sure. And just overall, still a young player. And I get it. He's a little bit older than the really young players on this team. But he's got to figure out some things before he's on Dylan Brooks's level defensively or just even as a player. But I see that in them. You know, I I see it, especially in Tari. Like, I'm like, man, I feel like Tari Eason could be a much more self-aware version of Dylan Brooks one day. You know, I don't know how long that takes. I don't know what his trajectory is and it's probably not a perfect player comparison i don't think they're like apples to apples player comparison so i'm not trying to do that but in terms of functionality what they mean to you 
you know, as a team, am I crazy for have thought that, you know, they've got versions of this potential versions of this specifically in Tari Eason and hopefully something even better than that. in Jabari Smith as the number three overall pick at one point that, you know, that, that maybe these guys could be what they're looking for in Dylan Brooks. Um, maybe, but to me, like, like Brooks to me is more of like a perimeter defender. Yeah. And, sure. and I think Eason can do that, but I also think that he can help you around the rim too. You know, he can guard bigger, bigger players. And we saw this a little bit last year where um, they, they played Minnesota in that one game where they hid Shingun on Kyle Anderson yep. and they put Eason on Rudy Gobert. So I think that he can do that a little bit better than what somebody like Dylan Brooks could do. I, I think Dylan Brooks is probably one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Um, Eason obviously isn't there yet, but I do think that he gives you, I think that Eason can be a versatile defender. I just think that he would probably be better defending guys closer to the rim not necessarily as a rim defender, but just as a guy who can just get into passing lanes and be disruptive there. Whereas Brooks is a more, I'm going to lock you up along the perimeter. So I think that's the difference between the two. 